Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and you're listening to Grace to Your World, a teaching ministry focused on providing an understanding of God's grace, which will empower you to change your world and live the overcoming life. Now, to find out more about our ministry and to access other free resources, simply head to alexrubinministries.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's teaching. You want to understand, guys, that as a result of what Jesus has done 2,000 years ago, God is no longer dealing with you based on your performance. I just really want you to get that. I, I want you to understand that God is, is not looking for you to live, the, to live a, a perfectly, you know, could do everything perfectly. Uh, that's not what this is about. You see, what God is really... Uh, what God is really after is your heart. You see, once once He's in your heart, He's going to transform your heart, and, and, and that's how transformation is going to take place. And so, what I want to talk about tonight is is righteousness without works. Righteousness without works. But let's uh, get into our foundational texts here. Uh, Galatians 3 verses 13 and 14, just to once again lay the foundation of what we're talking about now. He says here in Galatians 3.13, he says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, take note once again, friends, what he's saying is that Christ has redeemed us from, from the curse of the law. The curse of the law. Now, the law that he's talking about here, just to be very specific, is, is the law of Moses. He's talking about the law that came by Moses. Now, most people think that the law of Moses is talking about the Ten Commandments. But you see, that's, that's not incorrect, but that is incomplete. The law of Moses includes the Ten Commandments, but the law of Moses is more than just the Ten Commandments. You see, the law of Moses is actually a sum total of 613 commandments that were given under that dispensation. And what he's talking about when he talks about the curse of the law, it's really the, the curse of, 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 of just never being able to, to perform up to the standard. You see, I want you to understand, guys, that the law of Moses was not given to make anybody holy. You see, God gave the law of Moses to show the children of Israel and ultimately by extension to show us that we can never get into right standing with God based on our performance. Remember what I keep telling you, the law of Moses is a perfect God giving a perfect law to imperfect man to show imperfect man that imperfect man can never perform enough to keep a perfect law. You see, and so the law of Moses is an impossible standard. And so when he's talking about the curse of the law, he's really talking about the curse, ultimately, guys, of performance-based religion. He's talking about a person living a life of continuously sweating and struggling and performing to try to get right with God. Now, let's just uh, define our terminology here. What do we mean by the curse and what do we mean by the blessing? I want you to understand, once again, that the biblical definition of the blessing has nothing to do with your circumstances. You see, most people have this idea that they're blessed when things are going well in their lives. And when things are not going well, you don't really consider yourself to be blessed or something really good happens. And you say, man, I'm so blessed. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to know that, that strictly speaking, the blessing from a biblical perspective has nothing to do with your circumstances. You see, as a born-again believer, you are blessed at all times. I want you to understand that. In fact, I want you to say out loud right now, I want you to say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Say, the blessing is on my life. 
You see, the truth is, no matter where you find yourself right now, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, you are blessed. You see, you're blessed on the mountaintop. You're blessed in the valley. You're blessed when things are going well. You're blessed when things are not going well. And the reason is that the blessing is the empowerment to prosper. You see, you being blessed means that you have been set up for success and victory in every area of your life. Now, what does it mean to be cursed? The curse is the opposite of the blessing. And so the curse, quite simply, is, is the empowerment to fail. The curse is really you uh, or a person being set up to fail in every area of their lives. And so, and so the curse of the law, as I, uh, as I was saying, is, is really this, this curse of, of never quite being able to perform enough. In other words, this is a person who feels like no matter what they do, it's never enough. Uh, you, you take two steps forward and then you take three steps back. And it really feels like no matter what's going on, in your life, uh, there's always some kind of setback. Now, I want you to understand that is the definition of the curse. And so, friends, what does the word say? He says, Christ hath redeemed us not only from the curse, but from the curse of the law, from the curse of always trying to perform to be right with God, or the curse of, 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 of trying to get God to bless you, uh, the curse of you struggling and striving to try to get the blessings of God to show up in your life. He says, Christ has redeemed us from that, being made a curse for us, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Glory be to God, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so Jesus has redeemed us from the curse, the empowerment to fail, so that the blessing of Abraham, the empowerment to prosper, might come on us. Gentiles is talking about the all of the non-Jewish people, and so he's talking about the entire world. Not only Jewish people, but the entire world. The blessing has been made available to everybody. And notice once again, guys, how do we get the blessing? He says, through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. And he says that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, this in context is not talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is talking about being born again, being born of the Spirit, and so what I want you to notice, once again, friends, how does the blessing come on you? You see, the blessing does not come on you through your performance or self-effort. No, the blessing comes on you through you being born again. Glory to God. If you are in Christ, if you are born again, you are blessed. And so, and so our life as believers, guys, is, is not about us trying to... Um, us trying to get God to to, uh, to do something in our lives. No, our life as believers is is really all about us coming into this realization that because I'm in Christ, I'm blessed. I'm set up for victory in every circumstance. The blessing is really the empowerment for you to become a master over circumstances rather than to allow circumstances to master you. And the reason for that is, of course, that no matter what's going on in your life, the reason that victory is available is, is Jesus, guys. How many know it's all about Jesus? You see, Jesus 2,000 years ago has won us the victory 
and glory to God. It's because of the victory that Jesus won 2,000 years ago that you and I are empowered to prosper, that you and I are set up for success and victory in every area of our lives. Say once again, I am blessed. Say the blessing is on my life. If you're with someone, turn to them and look at them. Say, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. Praise God, praise God. Now, look at this uh, in verse 13 again. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, the word redeem, the, to be redeemed, the definition of redeemed is to buy back. And so in other words, uh, that, that the meaning of that is that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, meaning that that's us being redeemed from having to sweat and struggle and perform to try to be right with God, and us living in the blessing came with a price. I want you to see once again, you see, to, to redeem someone or something means to buy back. It means to pay a ransom. It means to regain possession in exchange for a payment. It means to retrieve, to repossess, or to rescue. And so Jesus has purchased our freedom from the law. He's purchased our freedom from performance-based religion. And, and what he has done is he has purchased our legal right to the blessing. Look at St. John chapter 1, verse 12 in the Amplified. St. John chapter 1, verse 12 in the Amplified. Guys, I really want to drive this point home about the legal right. The legal right. The legal right. Say out loud, I have a legal right to be blessed. You see, the, 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 the legal right, once again, I want you to understand, is, is you... This is so huge to, to, to understand this because sometimes... As believers, and I, I observe that a lot, and, and just in, in, in seeing what's out there, and, and 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 what I observe a lot is is that a lot of Christians, you know, you you, you want to believe you believe this, and, and and you want to receive this blessing, but you don't really feel worthy. A lot of people will even say, "Well, Alex, I don't know if God really wants me to prosper. I don't know if God really wants me to have." victory in this certain area of my life. Now, what I want you to understand is that Jesus has purchased your legal right, your authority to operate in the blessing. Now, what is the legal right? You see, the legal right, you want to understand God is a just God. God is perfectly just. God is perfect love, but, also, but God is also perfectly just. And so, in order for a perfectly just God to justify imperfect fallen humanity, I want you to understand that God cannot just do that without there being a legal backing or a legal ground. In other words, God has to be justified in justifying the unjust. You guys following me? Because the Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, 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 so, and so before God can, can uh, impart his life into a person, before, he, before a person can get born again, there has to be a legal right in order for God to justify that person. And so simply put, what that means is that God has to deal with the sins of humanity. You see, and then this is again, guys, uh, this is why Jesus is the only way, guys. <laughs> you see, this is not just about you. It's not about a, how spiritual a person is. This is not about... Again, how many good deeds that you do, no, there has to be 
God has to be justified in justifying those who are unjust, you see. And the only way that he can do that is by dealing with the sins of humanity. And I want you to know once again, guys, I want you to understand this once again, that he has dealt with the sins of humanity in the body of Jesus. And so this is why the scripture said, he redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. Remember there it said he, he became a curse for us and uh, Galatians 3.13, him becoming a curse for us is, is Jesus taking upon himself the penalty for the sins of the world, the penalty for our inability to keep the law, you see. And in doing that, what he has done is he has purchased our authority to operate as the children of God. Look at this here, St. John chapter 1, verse 12 in the Amplified. He says here in verse 12, he says, But to as many as did receive and welcome him, speaking of Jesus, he gave the authority, there it is, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, and the right to become the children of God, that is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely, glory to God, on his name. You see, Jesus purchased your authority to be a child of God. And what that means is, friend, he has purchased your authority he has, he has literally purchased your, your, your legal right, which is the blood-bought right to walk in the blessing. You see, I want you to be confident about this. I want you to, to have a degree of, of boldness where you know God wants you to walk in this blessing, where you know that God wants you to receive everything that Jesus has made available to you. And so I want you to walk in a boldness. I want you to understand that as a child of God, friend, you have a blood-bought right to prosper. You have a blood-bought right to see your body healed. Oh, makush braki maktakaya. You have a blood-bought right to walk in victory. You have a blood-bought right to be delivered from that addiction. You have a blood-bought right to see your children come to the Lord, you see. That's what Jesus did. So this is why it's crazy when there's... Christians who say, well, I don't know if God wants me to prosper or, or if God wants me healed. Uh, do you know that Jesus bled on that cross? He suffered on that cross. He, he shed his blood, glory to God, to give you the legal right to walk in the blessing, you see, to redeem you from the curse of, of performance-based religion and to bring you into the blessing of the finished works of Jesus Christ, guys. That's really what it is, you see. And so I want you to understand this. I, I, I want you to understand that that's what it means to be worthy. The Bible said in Colossians that we are to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. You see, to be worthy is not the same as to be deserving. To be worthy means that you are receptive and available for the blessing to manifest in your life. Say, I'm available to see God's goodness in my life. I'm available to see the blessings of God manifesting in my life. I want you to be confident about that. You see, glory be to God. This is awesome, guys. God is so good. God is so good. 
But uh, now let's let's get into this. Uh, let's get into the meat of, of, of tonight's message. What I want to, as I said, talk about is is this subject of of righteousness. And you can turn to Romans chapter four, uh, Romans chapter four, verse one. We'll look at verses one through eight uh, in the King James, and then I want to look at this in the New Living Translation tonight as well. This is once again the example of Abraham. Now, when I talk about righteousness. What do we mean when we when we talk about righteousness? Righteousness is kind of a big word, and 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 I, I bet you most people, when you talk to them about righteousness, what what comes into their mind is is well, righteousness is 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 doing right. <laughs> what I what, if I were to ask you, well, how would you describe a righteous person? Your answer most likely would be, well, a righteous person is a person who does right. He he or she does the right thing. He or she is, is someone who abides by certain moral standards, you see. Now I'm going to mess with that a little bit tonight, guys, <laughs> if that's okay. Amen. I'm going to mess with that a little bit. I'm going to mess with, with some people's religious perception tonight. And I'm going to tell you right now that righteousness in this new covenant, guys, has absolutely nothing to do with your performance. It has absolutely nothing to do with your actions. Let that sink in. Righteousness, you see, you can have a guy who's doing all the right things. Yeah, you can have a guy who's doing all kinds of good stuff. He's feeding the hungry. He is, he's, he's serving it, it, he's, he's serving for hours in some kind of volunteer capacity. He's, he's always donating to certain charitable events or whatever the case may be. And then you can have a guy who's dealing with an addiction, who's struggling with his temper, who just got divorced. And I want you to understand that that guy who just got divorced, who's dealing with that addiction and all that stuff, who's got all those issues, that guy can actually be righteous, more righteous than the other guy who's doing all the good stuff in the eyes of God. We should see, because in the eyes of God, you are not righteous based on your performance. I want you to understand that. I want you to understand that righteousness has absolutely nothing to do with your performance. Now, am I saying don't do good deeds? Am I saying don't feed the hungry? Am I saying don't volunteer? Not at all, guys. Not at all. You see, God's given our ministry a big vision to uh, reach out to the whole world and, and, and really uh, do a lot of uh, good, good work for the kingdom, you see. But guys, not for a second do I think that any of what we do is going to earn us some extra bonus points with God, you see. I want you to get that. So we still do good works, but our good works are not what make us righteous. And so what makes us righteous, guys? Let's define righteousness here for a moment. Righteousness is, is really simply this. It's a big word, but really this is what it means. Righteousness quite simply means right standing with God. Righteousness is to be in right relationship with a God. And I'm going to tell you guys that righteousness is a basic need that is in every human heart. You see, every person on this planet has this need to, to, to be okay with God. I want you to understand 
that even a, a so-called atheist has this need <laughs> to, 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 to be right with God. Well, pastor, how can you say that? Well, I can say it, guys, because there really is no such thing as an atheist, you see, because the Bible says that God has given to every person the intuitive knowledge of himself, Romans chapter 1. God has revealed himself to every person in their heart. And so everybody deep down knows that there is a God. Yet here's the thing, guys. When a person lives in extreme condemnation, it's the opposite of righteousness, is, is to have a sense of condemnation. And, and I want you to know that when a person lives in extreme condemnation, that actually pushes that person away from God. And, and in the extreme case, condemnation actually produces a subconscious defense mechanism, which is quite simply what spiritual blindness is all about. You see, and so in other words, an atheist is a person who, you see, you can tell this, guys, because whenever you see an atheist, it's kind of a funny thing, is, is you never notice that atheists are always kind of strangely angry at this God that they claim not to believe in. <laughs> Ever notice that? And the reason is that an atheist, somewhere along the line, had an encounter, maybe with a religious person, maybe at a church, and 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 and, and what they what they had was they had an encounter, or or God was presented to them in a way which brought condemnation. You see, and condemnation taken to the extreme produces a defense mechanism. In other words, a person who's extreme, who's a, who's operating in extreme condemnation, uh, will will then set, will then literally be able to convince themselves that there is no God. In other words, because because you know you you know you can never be right with this God, uh, and, and so and so rather than you trying to cope with that, what you're going to do is is you're just going to convince yourself, well, there's no God. You see, and so and so I I know this is a little maybe a little challenging for some of you guys, but, but I want you to understand that's what, what spiritual blindness is. You see, when a person experiences extreme condemnation from the law of Moses, from the curse of the law, uh, that actually produces spiritual blindness. That's what Second Corinthians chapter 3 is all about. I taught on this a few weeks ago. Uh, but, but anyways, I want you to just really see that every person has a basic need to be right with God, to be okay with God. The reason for that is that we were actually created and designed to live in intimate fellowship with God. You see, you were not created to function effectively apart from God. You were created to live in intimate fellowship with God. And so every human being has this need to be okay with, with God, you see. And so what happens is when we don't understand how we can be okay with God, then, 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 then what we'll do is we'll look to our actions, to our performance. Uh, a, a person who's always trying to, even with other people, you know, you ever meet a person who always needs to be right. In other words, they feel they always have to be right. Uh, this is the way it is. Uh, I'm right. Everybody else is wrong. You see, that's a person who's trying to seek their, their sense of righteousness in things other than God. You guys following? And so righteousness is a basic human need. It is to be in right relationship with God. It is to have a sense that, that I'm okay, you see. And that's, that's really what righteousness is. Now, now how, do we, how do we obtain righteousness? Let's look at this. Let's look at this, guys. This is really going to be awesome. Righteousness is the foundation for living this victorious Christian life. I want you to know, I, I really believe uh, that... If we don't understand this, this, this basic foundation of our righteousness, 
will always fall back into some type of condemnation and it's always going to cause us to ultimately slip back into the curse of the law. You see, a person who feels condemned is always going to try to do something to try to get rid of that uh, sense of condemnation. But you see, anytime you try to perform to be righteous or you try to perform to be okay with God, you're actually operating under the curse of the law. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. To learn more about our ministry and to access the full-length audios of this and other teachings, simply head to alexrubitministries.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, go to alexrubitministries.org forward slash give. Now I pray you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life. And I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.